Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this evening is Psalm 90, and uh, it's printed for you in the bulletin, so please follow along with me as I read it. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. You grind people to dust and you say, Return, children of Adam. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day, like yesterday that has gone by, or like a watch in the night. You sweep them away like a flood. They are like sleep in the morning, like grass which changes quickly. In the morning it sprouts and grows. By evening it is cut down and it withers. Surely we are consumed by your anger, and by your wrath we are terrified. You have laid out our guilty deeds in front of you. Our hidden sins are revealed in the light of your face. For all our days pass away under your fury. We finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives add up to 70 years or 80 years if we are strong. Yet the best of them are trouble and sorrow, for they disappear quickly and we fly away. Who can understand the power of your anger? But your fury is consistent with the fear that is owed to you. Teach us to number our days in such a way that we bring a heart of wisdom. Turn, O Lord, how long? Change your mind toward your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your mercy so that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days of you as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. Let your deeds be seen by your servants and your majesty by their children. May the kindness of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So far our text, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have gathered in your house on this night of New Year's Eve to pass into a new year. We are very conscious of the passing of time, and we know that our days are in your hands. Help us then to number them aright, that we would be wise in the way that we use the time that you have given us. Therefore, we pray that you would speak to us through your word this evening. Show us our sins so that we may repent and turn from us. Show us your mercy in Jesus, that we may live out our days in joy. Sanctify us then by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Christ Jesus, dear fellow redeemed. I'm going to start with a little trivia question tonight. Was 2000, the year 2000, a leap year? 
For those of you that know the algorithm for the Gregorian calendar, that's an easy question to answer. The Gregorian calendar, which is the most widely used calendar, was put in place by Pope Gregory the 13th in October 1582. And it replaced the Julian calendar. The Julian calendar made every fourth year a leap year. But that wasn't accurate enough. So Pope Gregory the 13th adopted what's called the Gregorian calendar. Here's the rules for the Gregorian calendar. Every fourth year is a leap year, except if it is divisible by a hundred. If a year is perfectly divisible by a hundred and not divisible by 400, it is not a leap year. A year that is divisible by 400 is a leap year. So there's the rules. So is 2000, or was it, a leap year? The answer is no. No, the answer is yes. I meant to say yes. <laughs> because it's divisible by 400. So it is a leap year. Now, it's interesting that with all these rules, that the Gregorian calendar still isn't perfectly accurate. In fact, if we follow it out, I won't complicate it too much, but about one day per 3,030 3, years. So in 3,030 years, it's still one day off. So when God caused Moses to write Psalm 90 to teach us to number our days, was he insisting that we have the perfect calendar in place so that we can perfectly count the days of every year and know their exact passing? Well, notice what God caused Moses to write. Teach us to number our days that we may bring a heart of wisdom. The numbering that God wants us to undertake is centered on wisdom. God wants us to use the time that he has given us wisely. And so he says, count your days so that you use them wisely. So what does it mean to use days wisely? I think we could all agree on a basic definition that to use God's days wisely would be to use them for good rather than evil. That would be a wise use of time to pour our days into good rather than evil. Well, how have you used your time? Psalm 90 contains what I'm going to suggest is one of the most 
terrifying verses in the whole Bible. If you were to pull out the text, then go ahead and do it, and look at verse 8. You have laid our guilty deeds in front of you. Our hidden sins are revealed in the light of your face. That means God sees us as we really are in the light of his face. He sees those things that you can hide from everyone else. Your hidden sins. So what are your hidden sins? Let's think of the fourth commandment. Do you have hidden resentment against your parents? Fifth commandment. Do you have hidden hatred for someone? Or the fifth commandment is connected with our body. Do you have a physical addiction to drugs or alcohol that no one else sees by which you are damaging the body that God gave you? Sixth commandment. Are you in an affair that no one else, and especially your spouse, doesn't know about? You struggle with pornography, something that you can do in the privacy of your own home or room that no one else sees. Have you stolen something from work or someone else? Haven't been caught yet. It's hidden, at least from man. That's only four of the Ten Commandments. Your hidden sins are seen as clearly by God as if you would stand on the rooftops and shout it to the world. As if you would do these things for all to see. Pretty terrifying, right? And notice the language of our text where it speaks of God's anger burning against us. And when we look at how we use God's time, we know that we deserve that anger. But thank God that that wasn't all that God caused Moses to write. If you were to read this psalm again, you would notice a turning point in verse 13. When Moses said, Turn, O Lord, how long? Change your mind toward your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your mercy, so that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. 
mercy. When we see our sinfulness, there is only one basis, one attribute of God through which we can approach Him. His mercy. And the mercy of God is being very clearly defined in this psalm. To be merciful to someone is to treat them or not to treat them as you could and should treat someone. God could and should be angry at you over your sins. But He has chosen to be merciful to you. Now for a righteous God, this was no simple matter. God can't just choose to forget your sins. He's just. Sin must be punished. God can't ignore your sins and pretend that they don't exist because He's holy. And so for God to be merciful to you, it demanded that sin be punished and holiness be obtained. And so God himself intervened for us. Jesus, the Son of God, became man so that the triune God could be merciful to all of mankind, you included. Jesus came down and he lived the perfect life. If you were able to search Jesus' heart, there would be no hidden sin there. He never sinned in any way, but perfectly kept God's law. In all the ways that you have failed, Jesus succeeded. And through his perfect life, he earned you a righteousness and holiness before God. Through his innocent suffering and death, he paid for all of your sins. Yes, in Jesus, the justice of God was fully met. As angry as God should be at you for what you have done, but deliberately and accidentally, Jesus suffered. So that when you look back and you fear God's wrath over the things that you have done, your heart and your mind can be fully at peace because there is not one sin that you have committed that Jesus hasn't already suffered for. And that's the big ones and the little ones if there really is such a thing. See, your heart and your mind can be at peace. Your sins are forgiven. They have been paid for by the blood of God's own Son. 
God now is merciful to you. He doesn't treat you as he should or could because of your sins. But chooses to love you and to fill your days with gladness. God does want your days filled with gladness. But that gladness is not found in external things all the time. In fact, doesn't Psalm 90 tell us that our days are fleeting and full of sorrow? Our gladness is chiefly found in the forgiveness and mercy of God. That He is going to get us through this valley of death and sorrow to Himself in heaven. You can get up every morning and say, God loves me. You can lie down every night and say, God loves me. And it is true. God does love you. He is merciful towards you. And He wants His mercy to fill your days with happiness. Teach us to number our days. Surely it does mean that we're not going to pour our effort into evil, but focus on good. But that's not going to be very comforting, is it? Though it truly means to focus our days on Christ, the source of God's mercy. Then our days will be full of gladness. So no matter what calendar you decide to use, not all of the world uses the Gregorian calendar, you can number your days with wisdom. Focus on Jesus, and your days in 2019 will be full of gladness. To God be the glory now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God which transcends all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.